welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. I'm a photographer, art enthusiast, and collector here in Austin, Texas. Creating this podcast and interviewing someone new every week has been so rewarding. I really enjoy talking with and getting to know people. And doing something that could benefit the Austin art community as a whole and individual artists really gets me excited. Now that I have some episodes out, I asked for feedback and I've been getting some and wanted to share. A woman I met recently who is very immersed in the arts here in Austin had this to say in an email. I listened to your podcast last night and it was fabulous. I learned so much and I already know both Troy and Steven, but I got new insights because of the quality of your questions. I'm so glad you're doing this for our community. Reading a statement like that makes it all worth it for me. I started sharing the podcast on Facebook last week facebook.com forward slash Austin Art Talk. And I've been getting a lot of positive notes and encouragement on there, which is great. And the very person who you will hear me interview in a moment, my studio mate, Emily, just sent me this text. Listen to episode one of your podcast and loved it. Entertaining and thoughtful. Your voice sounds calming. I'm proud of you. His stories are incredible. Referring to Stephen Clark, of course. Thanks, Emily. She must trust me because she agreed to be on the podcast even before listening to it. So what happens when you go from being a dancer to making a living as an artist? How do you move to a new city and start over? Join me now for a delightful talk with Austin graphic artist Emily Galusha to get the answers and hear about her life in art starting as a child to now being more fulfilled than ever with her work and path. Emily works daily on her own painting and illustration artwork, in addition to providing branding as well as print and design services for many satisfied clients. And here's my interview with Emily. Okay, Emily, welcome to my podcast. Hi. I'm good. How are you? So just so everyone knows, we are studio mates here at Canopy on Springdale Road and have been for I don't know how many years. Five and a half? That long. When wow. did when did Canopy start? Yeah. Like, Open. Because I moved a couple months after that I moved in. Yeah. I think. It's been that long, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they just had the five-year anniversary thing. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Half so, a decade. So I wanted to have you on my podcast, obviously, because you're here and your work is awesome. And uh, I feel you. like there are a lot of things I don't know about you. Um, you like, know a lot of weird things about me too, probably though. I'm not going to next to me as I work. I'll just add those to the outro. Okay. So you don't hear them. Okay. Until it's out. You just talk about me behind my back. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, what I've been asking a lot of people is kind of, let's go back to when you were a kid, childhood, like, were you into art? Did you draw a lot? I mean, what kind of influences did you have? Did you think did you know what an artist was or know that was like an option for your life definitely um my mom is an artist she has been painting off and on as long as I can remember she was an art teacher when she was I guess just out of college she taught junior high art and Hmm. um then she taught art at like when I was in fifth grade she started teaching art wow that's (laughs) Pretty yeah. direct influence, I'd say. Yeah. She would teach us art classes at home, like paper mache. <laughs> You're making me laugh. 
I'm not doing anything. I know. I don't think we should look at each other in the eye. This is too weird. We're used to facing back to back. Maybe I should just like not look at you. I'm going to look over there. Okay. And then I feel like I'm like kind of ignoring you. Okay. okay. Um, my mom is an art teacher. She was an art teacher for a long time. She's now retired, but she does private classes. And um, But yeah, she would teach us in the backyard. We would make paper mache planetary systems and um, wow, little cool. vignettes and just all these like hands-on things. And then um, both of my brothers are artists and they're both editors and my older Mm. brother does like special effects makeup. And so growing up we would make horror movies and do slasher films, um, in our own little like 10 year old ish ways. So we'd like fill plastic bags full of like red food colored (laughs) water, like, Act like we were gonna stab each other, then cut to like a shirt laying on the ground, like close up, and then I don't know. It was, it was very wow, like sounds gory and graphic, yeah. And our parents were very supportive. I don't think wow. I don't think they really thought we were gonna grow up to be mass murderers, mm-hmm. which was good. But they encouraged us to be creative in all kinds of ways. And then I was also a dancer hmm. for a really long time, so they were like, "If you're gonna be creative, if you're gonna do this, then go all the way." And kind of have, make sure you have financial stability in some way. That was, you know, later on in life that they really encouraged that. But, um, but yeah, it was very playful, creative home life. So, um, yeah, that, what a lucky start you had. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's amazing. Played a big part. Yeah. Just yeah. having someone there that had the skills that they could share with you, but then also they were encouraging on top of mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I was to, like, like, got the jeans, could, got the your encouragement. Life. Yeah, it's good. It's a nice, nice package to walk into. So then, in like high school, middle school, you got into all the art classes. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, I took class. I went to a magnet school in junior high and took dance there. So I was taking dance at home um, or after school, uh, like four days a week, four or five days a week, and then I would take at school. Um, this was about eighth or ninth grade to go really like really into intense like ballet and, and modern and jazz and tap and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing it at school and at home and then art classes dance kind of took the forefront after about the age of 14 or 15. And then I went to school, I studied dance my first year of college, um, dance ballet pedagogy. And then mm. it was like, I, I guess I don't know what shifted. I think I wanted to do something less, um, performance based maybe I don't know dance is so much about your body and you stare at yourself in the mirror a lot mm-hmm. and so I think maybe that had something to do with it I think I was feeling like a little um, I don't know if rebellious is the right word but yeah like leaving your hometown and going your first year of college and wanting to like play and explore and not have these intense responsibilities, which yeah, you do because it's college, but, Mm -hmm. um, having dance on top of that was really hard because there, it's just so like you're constantly being critiqued and, um, it became less fun and more like, I felt like I was never good enough Mm -hmm. and was enjoying it less. And so I feel like I kind of wanted to part from it a little bit. 
So I then switched um, schools and switched majors and got um, my BFA with emphasis in graphic design Mm -hmm. so that I could have like a solid degree, but also work in ceramics and painting and um, printmaking and all these other things that I love doing. And then I took dance after like on the side. So Mm. I, I kind of like swapped what I was, had been used to doing. Um, and this was in Arkansas. This is in Arkansas. Yes. I went to uh, Oklahoma OU and studied dance there. And then I went to Fayetteville in the Ozarks, um, there. And where did the the dance originate though? Like backing up a little bit, like, why well, didn't you just focus on visual arts from the start? Because that was kind of what you were doing. Um, Where did the dance come from? I mean, did your mom I started also when dance, I was like or? four. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was you just a cute little dance. tap dancing pig. That was my first <laughs> recital. Oh, okay. It's a really cute picture. I should show you. Yeah. Um, and then it was just one of those things like you put your kid in dance class and my brother did soccer my other brother did basketball and so it was kind of um i don't know how my parents did all of it working full-time but um i think they wanted us just to be involved in something other than school and so i chose dance Mm -hmm. and i took gymnastics for like one or two years but i just didn't really enjoy it um i wasn't very good at it um I liked the trampoline, but that was about it. Yeah. So, yeah, dance just kind of became my thing. And there were some days that I didn't want to go. I remember, like, crying. I was probably, it was probably grade school. I don't think I would do this in college. But I would just cry. Like, I did not want to go to class Mm -hmm. at all. And then my mom was like, well, you have to go. And then I'd go, and then I'd love it and have, like, the best time. Yeah. So, um so yeah, while just, you were studying dance, you were still doing drawing and painting on the side, or you, it was just all about dance for a while? In, like, how, what age? Like, you know, grade school or high school. Yeah, it was dance. It was, I just, it was just this thing that was just what I did. Mm-hmm. It was just as normal, like, I go to so school. So you weren't doing a lot of drawing and painting at that Not time? Not, re- I mean, yeah. Like, I have a lot of drawings from them that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more... And and I and I never really thought about that, but yeah, it kind of felt normal just to be drawing as I was doing something else. Like we would come home, eat some barbecue potato chips, put on some that cartoon cops, whatever, and then yeah. draw while we were doing all that. So we would. So it was there. It just wasn't as prominent. Right. It wasn't like I'm going to be an artist. I don't know what okay. I thought I was going to be. I didn't even think I wanted to. I don't know if I wanted to be a dancer. I don't. I don't huh. even really thought when I grow up I think I just wanted to like dance draw pictures ride horses and play outside and play with my brothers yeah that was like it and sort of think about boys now and then yeah but yeah that was it that was like it's and then in college you got to the point where you were kind of a little bit over the dance and yeah how that made you feel and you switched to visual arts yeah well it's like you're you finish high school so you go to college it's just what yeah, I was taught it yeah. happened, you know. Um, and then, yeah, I got to college and I realized it was, I don't know, it was a really strange transition um, switching from dancing several hours a day to not and then taking dance on the side for like mm. a couple hours a week. Um, mm. My body and my mind, I've, I, I feel like 
I went through kind of a depression. I don't know if that was the cause of it, the catalyst of like having so much physical expression and exercise Mm -hmm. and this, this constant base of like who I was, like I was a dancer Mm. and then I didn't have that anymore. And then I was going to school and I was kind of switching to kind of starting over as a painter, as an illustrator, an artist, like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do graphic design, which is computers, which is weird, but I kind of like computers, but I definitely want to do illustration. Mm. Um, so, but then you didn't have kind of those feelings of the, the critique and, everything with the dancing like that. Yeah. I didn't have it in the same, but we did have critiques at school, Uh, but it was different. It was very, it was more like, let's look at your work, not let's look at you. Right. Yeah. Let's not. Yeah. It was kind of form in a different way because dance is dance and painting and illustration. They're all visual arts. I think, I don't know Mm -hmm. if there's like a depth, like a look up on the, in the encyclopedia right on the computer or whatever. (laughs) But, um, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't take it as personal because I don't, I like being, I like people to critique what I do because I learn from it. Yeah. Um, I want, I don't want to be just told, oh, your stuff's great. As long Um, as it's like a constructive criticism and it's from someone who knows Sure. Like if someone comes in through and looks through and they're like, wow, that sucks. That doesn't really do anything for me. Like, okay. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, and that that's okay. I mean, everybody has a right to say things. Yeah. But um but it is a definite different kind of critique. And you're in like right now I'm not in a class and with dance you're constantly in a group and in a class. And it's great because you have your little core group your your mm. friends you spend hours with and you're in point shoes and your feet hurt and you're, you know, supporting each other through all of that. And, um, and then you have instructors that a lot, a lot of times they have their favorites. And if you're not Mm. their favorite, then it's kind of like, Oh, okay, well I won't get a solo this time. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's just a very different lifestyle. And, um, and then you switch to something where you're alone and you're sitting at a computer (laughs) (laughs) or your desk. Yeah. It's like, all right, your drawing table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And taking different Hmm. kinds of critique. Um, so, and I, and it's not that I didn't like critique or the attention or whatever comes with that. Cause now if I, like when I go to Pilates or whatever, I, I like being corrected. Otherwise I don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. But it, it's different, though, because I'm bettering myself through some sort of physical expression or exercise. And, and with that, it was, it was just very different. And there's, like art, there, there's a lot of politics behind, you know, the way the dance world works and everything. Mm. And, and I'm very removed from it now. I mean, that's been years since I did that. I really want to start taking dance again. Yeah. Because I think at this point in my life right now, I can purely do it out of joy and connecting with that. And mm-hmm. I think um, this series that I've been working on the past couple of years, Undercurrents, is about the, uh, some of that, like my history, my experience with dance and performance and everything being on stage to being in the classroom and learning how the body works and learning like when you work your physical self too much there are repercussions where it's whether it's like shin splints or your toenails fall off from your point, you know, point mm-hmm. shoes, like things that happen with wearing point shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then um, to just just the physical body itself and what it can express Mm -hmm. and seeing that all the way from dance to transitioning to college to figure drawing and I took several uh, semesters of figure drawing and kind of seeing how they connect has been really interesting yeah tell me yeah let's back up a little bit and just talk about college like once you switched and focused on illustration and drawing and painting like how did it feel was it like oh I'm good at this or was it a struggle or yeah it felt really good and had great instructors but um it just kind of felt, I felt like I was connecting to what I already knew um, through the human form hmm. and um, just kind of fascinated with the planes of the body, like, you know, the shape of, above the knee, the top of the knee where it connects to the, the thigh and just the way the light hits different parts of your body. And you see that in dance on the stage. If you see a dancer on stage, the way the lighting hits is very similar as if you're in figure drawing, you're doing a, say a live drawing, you have a model and you have a certain amount of time to like paint that model or draw that model. You notice these different parts in the, of the body and the way the light hits the body. And so I kind of see a parallel with that mm-hmm. and it's kind of comforting. And, and I guess it is because I danced for 20 plus years and to be able to stay connected to that, and have it inform what you're doing now yeah. in a at an expert level almost because you really yeah. did it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to see where it's going. And then to take, I mean, to take the dance and the choreography and what dance is about, you know, it's sharing a story or telling a tale or whatever it is that you're doing via dance and human body. Um, it's interesting to do that on a 2D dimensional, mm-hmm. 2D dimensional, 2D surface, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of take something and give it depth and how to do that mm-hmm. by drawing or printmaking. And so that's been, I don't know, really enjoy that challenge and not just doing, oh, here's a drawing of a human or here's a drawing of a dancer. That's not like that's trying to really push past that. Yeah. And even to the point of, of abstraction in the future. So, um, yeah. So you get through college. How, where are you at when you get through college? Like, how does that feel? Do you, do you feel like, wow, I can, I can make a living at this or did they, was, did you take a lot of classes around the business of being an artist too? No, No, that's something that I felt was lacking and I, I bet it's different now. I feel like things have shifted mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, I'm going to be an artist. Um, we had I don't, maybe two semesters on, on how to kind of skimming over how to write grants and how to mm-hmm. present your, your materials. Unless it just didn't stick with me. I don't really remember diving into that it was kind of like focusing on something you're passionate about and um I was kind of perfectionist so I was like I want to make sure I get straight A's Mm -hmm. and um but yeah it would have been nice to 
be required to go out and spend time with artists and, and hear what it's like or, or even if come like in. some of your instructors were working artists i think that yeah. that's and helpful they were. sometimes and yeah. then they say well this is how my career is going or this is yeah. what i do in my career you right know? and i don't know like maybe they didn't want to maybe hmm. maybe they didn't want to be like this is how hard it is but they were working artists and they were i remember huh. one of my teachers took a sabbatical two of them did while i was there and i just thought that was the coolest thing like you get to teach this thing that you love mm-hmm. and then you get some time off to go work on your own thing mm-hmm. and granted they'd probably been there for 10 15 years to be able to to take it to that point i have no idea mm-hmm. but um yeah i i don't i mean my mom my mom really helped me realize that she she was the one that was like do what you want to do but i suggest you know getting a bfa because mm. it's one level and just you know push a little bit harder to get the bfa and i did it i like did it in that in four years instead of five years because i was like ready like let's just yeah. do this mm-hmm. and, and i loved it um and then she suggested getting my emphasis in graphic design because she felt like that would be better job search wise yeah she was like you can take all these ceramic classes and all these printmaking classes that you really want to take but then your emphasis is in graphic design. And so I think for me personally, that was great advice because I then in class, this was, I graduated in 2002 and it wasn't, I hadn't really seen a lot of people combining graphic design and illustration. Mm. And so that was something that I was like, why can't you do that? Why does it have, why, why does it have to be so hard edged? And we were using like cork and, um, freehand programs so it there was not it wasn't it didn't feel super creative Mm -hmm. to me I felt like it was kind of this division between graphic designers and artists like you can't be both and I thought that was ridiculous because I felt like I could connect to both so why not overlap and so I really enjoyed taking you know magazine clippings and cutting them up and drawing around them and scanning them in and then manipulating them in whatever program we were working in and making little booklets and just kind of combining everything. Um, and I really enjoyed that. So I don't know why there have to be these kind of specific differentiations because that's the way, I don't know if it's like that anymore, but in photography, it was like that. It's either like you're a fine art photographer, you're a commercial photographer. Mm -hmm. And like, if you go, if you're a fine art photographer and you do some commercial photography, it's like you've sold out or something, you know, it's just kind of silly. It's like, we're all trying to make a living. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's aspects of creativity that you put into your commercial work anyway, mm -hmm. because they're choosing you to do it. Um, yeah. And you can be passionate about either of those. You know, I can be passionate about designing logos and branding, which I am. I love doing that. I love meeting with a client and talking about different things. And anyway, um, well, thanks mom for that advice, right? Norma. Yeah. (laughs) She's great. Wow. Um, she is really great actually. So you get that degree. Stubborn, like whatever mom, (laughs) you don't know, (laughs) you know, Yeah. but it, it helped. It helped me. And so, um, and, it was coming from someone who had done it. Like mm-hmm. she 
taught art. She majored in art. She taught art. She did freelance graphic design, which I didn't put together until like, I don't know, like five or six years ago. That was mom was doing on the drafting table, like cutting out letters and hand illustrating these logos and stuff. Like she was doing freelance Mm. design work while we were like biting at her ankles. And, um, so I, it would be silly for me not to listen to her because we're so alike a, and then B same field. She wanted to do it on her own. She wanted to be an artist and all of that. So, and if you have these skills, why not spread them out in any way that you can to try to make it all work to to make a living? Yeah. And you're helping people, you know? Mm hmm. Okay. So you get out of college and then, then what? I got out of college and then I started, um, like you you graduate and then what are you thinking? Like what's next? What's the rest of of your life? So I was thinking, wow, I have a dog now. (laughs) That was like, oh, okay. She was awesome. But, um, I started interning at an ad agency and it was kind of, I think there was probably like 30 to 35 people working there. Mm -hmm. And that was in Little Rock. And so I kind of, I, my big plan was to move to San Francisco and, and all of that. But, um, I got this dog, German shepherd, big puppy dog. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I guess I can't move to San Francisco now, which I totally could have somehow made it all work. But I think I was (laughs) using it as an excuse to not go there. It's probably hard to leave home too. Yeah. I'm very, all your friends and I'm real close to my family and, and all of that. You know, looking back, I wish I, I don't. I wouldn't have changed a thing because I like where I am right now. But, um, but yeah, I think I could have challenged myself a little bit more. Um, but I ended up working at the ad agency, and I learned a lot there. It makes sense to work someplace like that. Yeah, starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. So I was associate art director, and I worked there for about four and a half years. And while I was there, I could work on my own art again. I kind mm. of did the full time thing because that's kind of what you did. You went to college and you graduated and you got a place and you got a job with your 401k a and, dog. and a dog and <laughs> car, all that. Um, so I did that and then I got really antsy hmm. and decided to, um, and I worked at a, another design firm that was really cool and, um, and then a marketing firm. So I kind of, I was kind of gathering experience while I was there and then started freelancing while I was working full time mm-hmm. and was just working all the time. Um, and then went to full time freelance and mm. that was probably, uh, I am going to guess like six or like seven years out of college, I guess. And just got like a really solid client that I could work with and I would kind of work in house, but have a lot of loose freedom Mm-hmm. And then also do uh, work from home freelance. So it's a long really time to get to that point, that. though—six or seven years. Huh? Yeah, it did. I didn't know. I didn't know you could really do that. I'd never really. I'd heard the word freelance, but I didn't. I didn't really know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I wasn't like some business person. But then I was doing these little side gigs and realized I make. I can make more money because there's not the middleman. And I get to like be one-on-one with the client instead of having two people in between and like 
not you know the process taking a lot longer politics politics and and all of that yeah did you have to keep that on the down low or with your um jobs i I did i was working in a place that um are they going to listen to this (laughs) i don't don't know (laughs) it was not my favorite job i'll just say that but i it was water under the bridge right water under the bridge I was getting paid well at the time, and it was exactly what I needed in it so that I could put my energy into the freelance. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even sneak my laptop up there sometimes and like whip it out on my lap and be like, do a little bit and put it away to mm-hmm. I'm not promoting this, yeah. but from that it was yeah well, you did what you had what to I do so yeah, keep both things moving forward. I did, and I had this really big project that um, Arkansas AdFed asked me to do their Addy Awards, like to do the whole creative direction, like do mm. all of it, basically come up with a theme, design it, all parts of it. The of the there wasn't any web stuff at the time, so it was all print everything. Mm. Um, it was so it was so much fun. And wow, you have a lot of experience. I didn't realize you'd done so many of these types of things my hand in some cookie jars <laughs> okay um and i'd like designed the tape the interior like the party decor and and all of that and hired this dj it was kind of a 60s um welcome to the winner's lounge was the theme mm-hmm. so it was mid-century modern stuff that i had in my house basically and it was my favorite style and so we like played records and this was in 2008 was it Maybe I think I have to look. It's still up on my website because I still love mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, um, and so that kind of was a big kickoff for my freelance. Mm. And then um, I took a little bit of time off, and at this point, um, I was not dancing at all. Not I was taking Pilates, which mm-hmm. I really like. I think it's it connects for me connects a lot with dance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, yeah, freelancing. And then my brother was living in LA at the time and he was moving back to Arkansas. So I flew out there. Everything's connected, I promise. Flew out there to drive back from LA to Little Rock with mm-hmm. him and saw like the desert for the first time. Like, oh. I saw this was 2009 and saw like Arizona and New Mexico and just. Totally fell in love. (laughs) Yeah, this makes so much sense. Like, I I love all of this. It just feels normal. And you know, growing up in Arkansas, it's very green and lush. And we spend a lot of time outdoors and fishing and hiking and camping and all of that. Mm -hmm. So to see the this other terrain, I'm just fascinated with nature. Um, it was really inspiring and, um. I liked listening to Native American music, like the flute and everything growing mm-hmm. up. Just, I don't know why, where, but I just I liked guess, it. Yeah. And so to see some of the, the, the land and the layers in the land and the texture, it just may have... And the colors and the plants. Sense. and Yeah, it was just beautiful. The yeah. plant life blew my mind. And my mom, my great aunt, they were big. They always, my mom's backyard is beautiful. So to see this whole other kind of mm-hmm. vegetation, just, it just totally, I was just in love. It just opened up a whole new mm-hmm. thing for you. Yeah, just loved it. And <laughs> so I came back really inspired 
And at this time, I think I'd mentioned when I was working at the ad agency initially, I was doing my own artwork at home. And so I continued to do that off and on as I was freelancing. And I decided to kind of like, now that I'm freelancing, I have more time. I can divide my time up on my own hours kind of. And I really liked that because sometimes um, I, I didn't have time to work on my own stuff working full time as much as I would have liked. And so I had been drawing stuff, Western themed things like pistols mm-hmm. and um, cowboy boots and cowboy hats and just this Americana um, textured, just, I just like cowboys and I grew up with two brothers. And so I wanted to be a cowboy and then I was like wait I want to be a cowgirl and so a cow person a cow person <laughs> I like horses so I um I started just drawing that it's kind of a release as I was working on freelance and as I was on hiatus from dance and had that separation and um as you can tell I'm kind of all over the place but it's it's very intentional I feel mm-hmm. like I have these multifaceted things going and um and so I'm just kind of like trying to explore these different areas, and and this is this was like really hitting home for me. Like, and, and the pistol kept was his recurring theme because it was something that was very thought of as very masculine and aggressive, and that's kind of I don't know. We grew up playing cowboys at my uh, great uncle's house in mm-hmm. Paris, Arkansas, and would shoot. B, uh, cans with the BB gun off the barbed wire fence mm-hmm. and it just felt really tough and awesome and yeah. and I was a girl doing it and you always saw cowboys doing it and you know my dad always treated us very equally like I wasn't I may have been a little more spoiled because I was the only girl but yeah. um, I liked that he was encouraging these things that I was interested in so um so when I started creating artwork and doing these pistols, they, I would, I don't know, I would play around with the form of them, like elongate the barrel, or I draw uh, illustrations in the, um, the handle of it, mm-hmm. and or do like really cool filigree and just started playing around with them and abstracting them. And, um, and well, this I, is like a series you're known for that you've been doing for quite a few years, I guess. You're yeah. Talking about. Yeah, I think the first pistols I did was probably like 2004-ish, around there. Um, And they would sell. I would just do these for fun, and I'd stick them up in a restaurant, and they would sell, and it was exciting. Because it wasn't, that wasn't something I was trying to really pursue. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And so, yeah, so I, I mean, I still do pistols and I, I finally found a happy place with them. It's been an interesting journey because, because of all the shootings and how, uh, I, just, how I don't want to go into politics at all, yeah. but yeah, like I'm not, you know, I guess it does look like I'm glorifying pistols because there's like what, five of them on my wall here right now hanging up that I just drew, but it's my point is to present it as a kind of a, a relic or an antique. I only draw antique pistols. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think guns can be very dangerous, um, but that's not the direction I'm trying to go. 
um, just kind of presenting them in, in like a, a good old fashioned way. Um, kind of a nostalgic way. Nostalgic. Yeah. And, and in this journey with the pistol, I've realized, uh, I've kind of learned something a, a little bit about myself. I've, I kind mm. of have a very strong masculine and strong feminine side, like I'm a tomboy, but I'm also like very proud to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like technical mechanic mechanical things but I also love nature and so it's really about ba- like finding the balance between these two and I realize that's that's just like the constant in my life is having these not opposing forces but just kind of like two directions that I may want to go and I'm going to balance it and find that center between the two between the masculine and feminine or organic mm-hmm. and mechanic or um you know and so doing these pistols and I often partner them with an antique or, um, with birds, nature, with nature. Yeah. And I like, I kind of like seeing them together like that. Um, and I just did a piece with some, um, wrens nesting inside of a pistol, like in the barrel, Mm -hmm. like shoving straw down in there to make it kind of repurpose this pistol and it can mean whatever you want it to mean. But, um, you know, I kind of I like seeing them together. Kind of like putting things together that seem like they may not go together, and and mm-hmm. then they do. So, yeah. So you moved to Austin at some point. Yes, um, in October of 2010, I'd okay. talked about moving to Austin for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, for a few years, I'd visited. I had a friend that moved here. And came here with some girlfriends one time. And I just, I really liked it. I liked that it, something about it reminded me of Little Rock. Just a Little Rock that's like moving faster, doing stuff. Like people are not only talking about things, they're doing them. Um, But it still kind of had this, I don't know, there there was a southwest feel to it that's what i was just going to ask you did it have enough of a southwest feel because you could have just moved to arizona or something right or new mexico i think i just didn't think out of the box enough at that time and this just felt right it just felt good and it didn't feel like it wasn't so different than what i was coming from that i felt like i could handle it Mm -hmm. i mean it was bigger a lot bigger city than than little rock so i felt like i was moving to the big city, yeah. but it wasn't, I could wrap my brain around it. It just felt good. So you're kind of starting over or did you already have some leads here on work? Um, definitely starting over. I had a, um, my client that I'd worked with for like four or five years that could pay my rent and bills. And so I knew moving here, I could start over and it's more expensive here, but I knew I would be okay to start over. But I knew you were doing that work people. remotely. Yes, yes. Sorry, yes. I was working remotely, which um, is the beauty of being a graphic yeah. designer. Yes, it was amazing. I was like, it's perfect. So, but it did hold me back from meeting people because I didn't have a workplace. I didn't have. Mm. I had never done this before, and I have a. I, I'm a very social person, but I have a tendency to kind of. Yeah, it's that duality thing of like I have a lot of a big social side of myself and then a, a kind of a extroverted introvert yeah. thing. Um, 
And so it was really hard for me at first to get out and meet people because I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to. And I'd go out to a bar by myself or something and meet some random person and be like, you're my new friend. You're my new best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then never talk to him again. But it, it was just, it was fun meeting new people and just exploring. I learned a lot about myself mm. doing that. I think for me, it's, it was, it was one of the best things that I've ever done. I, I grew a lot and I pushed my own boundaries and it was scary and I was really homesick at times. And, um, so yeah. So you had this client that you moved here with, but did you start devising a way to find new clients here? Kind of. I think I was a little lazy for a little bit. I think it just, it was so like, whoa. And I was in this crazy relationship at the time that was taking a lot of my energy. Um, And so that was distracting. Mm. But I think if I were to move somewhere tomorrow, if I moved to a new city, I would probably, I would, I'd still freelance, but I would probably get a job somewhere with a company Mm. or join some sort of like join four groups or something to yeah. you have to give yourself a community of some kind, um, whatever kind of community works for you, whether it's, you know, your yoga group or Pilates or whatever exercise you like to do mm-hmm. or join the rowing team and join an art group, get up on, on meetup.com and join a hiking group or yeah. Being an artist whatever. can be very, a solitary endeavor. Yeah, it can. And, um, and it doesn't have to be, it just depends on what you like to do totally. Yeah. But, um, and I think all that social stuff probably helps when it comes time to market yourself or you're kind of practicing learning how to talk about your work mm-hmm. or people are t- asking you questions. I'm sure mm-hmm. that helps. Yeah. Yeah. You realize you've got to summarize your, these people don't know you. And that was a kind of a blow to my, I don't consider myself a super egotistical person, but we all have our egos and moving here, I born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I, before I moved here, I was voted by the Arkansas Times best Arkansas artist and was on the cover of that publication. Yeah. So I was just like big fish and little pond it's like feeling graduated real good. from high school and then you're yeah. like nobody. You're yeah, like exactly. the prom queen and then you're... And then I moved here and they're like... So I don't care. I mean, nobody said that. Nobody yeah, was rude. Right. Everybody was really nice. But it was That's just what you're like imagining. Yeah. nobody, nobody knew who I was. And a little piece of that was nice. It was kind of exciting to start over and clean slate, very fresh. But then I really missed walking into a shop or a restaurant or whatever, and, and people know who you are. And mm-hmm. going to my parents' house on Sunday to veg out and you yeah. know, feel like a kid again for just a couple of hours. Um, that was really hard. But I think that that was one of the parts that was something that I really needed. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. needed to tighten my bootstraps and really grow up a little bit and have that challenge mm-hmm. um, and make things hard. And I realized just in life in general, I grow the most when I have those major challenges. And a lot of times they're really painful or stressful, but they're so rewarding if you know, you move through it in a healthy way. And so I kind of learned how not to do some things and how, how mm-hmm. to move forward when, when going through a transition that big, you know, and finding new friend groups, new spiritual groups, new work, yeah. all of that. Um, 
just putting yourself out there a lot is very helpful. So when you think about the last, this last seven years living here, then going from not knowing anybody kind of starting from scratch, like what do you think was most helpful to you and kind of getting to where you are now as far as like where your graphic, your graphic design business is and your art business and, Hmm. I think just reaching out to people, um, even if you're nervous to or afraid to sometimes kind of to put your armor on and move forward and, mm-hmm. um, and connect with people that are, that just feels kind of organically beneficial to you and to them, you know, not just what can I get from these people, but what could I offer them or how could we team up or how could we collaborate? Mm-hmm. Um, just being a part of different things, being a part of something establishes a relationship. So the more you do that, the more relationships you build, then the more you grow and the more you kind of learn, Oh, maybe that's not for me or wow, I'm really good at this certain thing. That's, that's good to know. I, I should head more in that direction. And, and I feel like the more you you do that and the more experience you get, the more you can kind of whittle away things that detract from what you're really passionate about. And that's something I've really, really found in the past probably two years, two and a half years, mm. um, kind of whittling away things that were a distraction or maybe unhealthy or, I don't know, just kind of growing through that. So That's huge, yeah. Yeah, it feels great. Um so I think, I don't remember what your initial question was, <laughs> but um, putting for me, putting myself out there, it's really hard, but it's really helpful and, and meeting in new people and seeing what's going on out there and, and finding places that may need what you have to do or may find what you have to do, what you're doing is beautiful and helpful and mm-hmm. sharing your story and, and all of that. How do you think your work has changed over the last seven years? Like, can you look at your work seven years ago and does it just look a lot different to you? Doesn't look a lot different, but it looks lazy compared. Hmm. No, I don't want to say that because people bought my work seven years ago. (laughs) It's not lazy. Um, (laughs) But when I look through my sketchbook, when I look through my ideas, I think that's where I see it. Hmm. Um, I would, I, I, I don't, trying to find a way to word it i was even told this in college like you could push yourself further emily like push this a little bit further yeah you i there's more in there emily Mm -hmm. more of you to pull out yeah and so i feel like i've finally found this place of patience to where i can sit and really work on a piece and focus on it and i'm sure it's a culmination of I meditate now, so I know mm. how to like kind of calm myself. I've, like I said, I've kind of gotten rid of certain distractions. I mean, life is going to have distractions and crazy things and ups and downs, but um, this is my happy place. This is one of my happy places. It's creating things and how beautiful it is to be able to go inside your brain and pull something out and put it on paper and it tells a story that could mean different things to different people. And so why shortcut myself on that gift? Mm. And um, so when I look at my work now, I'm not 
I, I spend more time and more patience on it, but I'm less afraid of what other people think as well. Um, which I've, I will sit there and say like, no, I don't really care what people think. I, I like doing what I do, but you kind of do care yeah, sometimes what people bit. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but so, as you get older, less so. Yeah, exactly. Like the more life hands you, the more you're like, you know what? I, I like me and I'm going to be, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me as hard as I can do. Yeah. It sounds really bad. I'm just be the best me <laughs> as I can. Um, or like live more on your edge. Yeah. Yeah. And stop trying to be somebody else or something else. Just or do work that everyone you think what people right. want. Right. Right. Which makes me think about something you said the other day about how, um, this East Austin studio tour coming up is the first one where you felt like you were doing the work. You'd be doing the work anyway, because it's what you Mm -hmm. want to do as opposed to like Mm -hmm. doing a bunch of work to get ready for East. Right. Yeah. And part of that is I gave myself time, but I also had, um, an artist residency this summer and it kind of, I put my, I, I decided a year ago, I started saving up. It's like, I'm going to spend two plus weeks making artwork only. I'm going to take a break um, from, I'm creative manager for a, a local company. I'm going to take a break from that for two weeks. I'm going to take a break from freelance. I'm going to completely focus on this and I'm going to give that gift to myself. And so I kind of put it out there and I talked to some different people like, Hey, do you have a cabin I can stay in, in New Mexico? Just kind of different things. And I basically just wanted that time and that space, which is very valuable for artists. And then I wanted to learn too. just wanted to learn something. And so I just asked different people and, um, ended up at, in Italy at an artist residency at the La Romita school of art. And so, um, Kathy Brimberry and Susie Davidoff taught a Mm -hmm. course there and Kathy's, she started and runs the, um, flatbed press. Right. And so I was just like super excited because it's not, I mean, it it was way beyond what I thought was going to happen. Um, I felt like I, I, earned it. I deserved it. I was happy, you know, but I yeah. was just like, I just was so excited. I couldn't believe that was happening. How could you not be? <laughs> yeah. And it was printmaking and I'd done printmaking since college. So it'd been a few years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there it was for me to like, to really focus on my artwork and, and be serious about this and move forward. And so I spent a little over two weeks in Italy, um, and the undercurrent series I mentioned earlier, which focuses on the figure, um, the whole, that's what I focused on there. Um, and the whole premise behind it is, um, kind of like where your physical, emotional, psychological, like all those parts intersect and how your physical self, um, and your emotional self kind of talk to each other, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're stressed, and you're not taking care of yourself, your body will let you know that you're not being healthy. Or if you start eating a bunch of junk food, your body will let you know. Um, and and so, unfortunately, you can ignore that sometimes. You can ignore some things, totally. <laughs> and that's not totally good. Totally ignore some things. <laughs> yeah, I've been through really stressful times just in life. And 
my body's just like, I had this weird pain in my upper shoulder and it lasted for a few years. And then the problem kind of ended and the pain went away. And I was like, this is so crazy. Amazing how that happens. Yeah. And so that's, that's a lot about that's what the undercurrent series is Mm -hmm. about. Um, and it's very much about the human figure and the form. So I thought, well, how great to get on a printing press and, there's so much unpredictability that lends itself to that um, and that can help create some beautiful pieces. So that's what I focused on there. <clears throat> I didn't really go with a plan because I didn't really... I'd been painting figures and drawing them and it wasn't really doing a lot for me. And I wasn't, I'd just been writing in my journal and writing and writing and writing for a couple of years and seeing... Um, an acupuncture therapist and doing Pilates and Kihara, which is like an active stretching technique and meditating, meditating, yeah, great psychologist, just all these things to over the years to kind of, um, just explore some things that I've gone through in my life and just human nature in general. Like I'm mm-hmm. really curious about this sort of thing. And, and that's something you kind of have to figure out if you find yourself in different situations and relationships or whatever you have to figure Mm -hmm. out like what did they do what did I do Mm -hmm. what did we realize we were doing or not realize we were doing is this toxic yeah and so having done a lot of that work to help build the the series um, when I was in Italy, I had like the first couple of days, I had a lot of duelers jet lag and there was a lot of pressure to like, I'm here, I'm, I'm working on this stuff. And there's these incredible artists sitting next to me that are, you know, have been doing this for years and they're professionals and they have beautiful work going on. And so they're just like, it's inspiring. It's very inspiring and, and scary and like, ah, I suck today. That sort of thing. And then, you know, I woke up the next day and was like, this is ridiculous. I'm here. This is such a gift. Get in there and just make something and yeah. like, let it go. And, um, and it worked. I got in there and I just started like playing around with some sketches and the figure and, and it just kind of opened up and, um, I created a few pieces there and, and I liked them all right, but more so I feel like it gave me a new appreciation for um, nurturing my art if I want it to grow mm. and taking it seriously if this is something I'm passionate about and I am. And then this particular series, it kind of like totally juiced it up and mm. it started making a lot of sense. And so when I got back, that was early September, I just started writing down a bunch of ideas and, and kind of... I did a little bit more traveling that month. Um, but then I, in October, there's the, the, I don't know if you're familiar with Inktober. It's like a social media. It's on Instagram. Yeah. You draw a picture every day and it's Inktober. So it made me draw every day. And I didn't want to just put some like crappy something out there that I drew. So I was taking really intentional time every day to draw something. Mm-hmm. And so that just realizing like that just felt normal. Things just started to feel really normal. Like this is what I want to do. This is, I want to create things and I still work. I still design. I still do branding and I love that, but it's that compartmentalizing um, my life and then stripping away the things that are a distraction to where I can 
have the time to like focus on my artwork and, you know, have the pistols and the nature series and have the undercurrent series and then have my, um, like creative direction design logo stuff, that direction, mm-hmm. um, switching gears. Um, and it feels really good and really healthy because I know when to like chill and take a break and go trail running. Um, yeah. and it's taken me a long time to get to where I am right now. And I, and I needed everything to happen to be able to feel this way. And, but I think the, one of the most exciting things about that is that it's not an end game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to a guy recently <clears throat> who came through the studio, just looking around the different studios here. And, um, he was talking about how, there's the finite game and the infinite game and how like baseball is the finite game. There's mm-hmm. a goal. You start here, you run the bases, you get X amount of points, time limit done. And that's the finite game. Then you have the infinite game, which is creating artwork. And mm-hmm. when you start a piece, my bad habit is I have it in my head. I can't wait to get to the end to see this thing instead of, yeah, I know what it's going to look like, but just like travel through the process that's one thing printmaking does for me that was kind of a reminder and totally lit my flame in Italy was it's so process driven. You get in there and you've got to wipe it down. And I mean, there's just so many things that can happen in the process and each print, I'm not a master printer. So every, each of my prints is a, is a little bit different mm-hmm. or majorly different. Um, and so it's this, just the infinite idea of, of, like I've found these directions that I want to go today, right now, at this point in my life. And it feels, it feels good to, to know that they can keep moving forward and growing. And I don't know where they'll go. And that's kind of nice to, to know that that's this, this infinite direction because this is what I want to be doing. And it feels good. And I'm happy with it today mm-hmm. at this point in my life. So that's exciting. Yeah. So you've found your groove and it sounds like kind of the cliche thing. It's like people say it's about the journey, not the destination, right? Yeah. That's exactly what I know we hear it all the time and it's true, (laughs) you know, and And it it, talks about the patience too. Huh? Patience. I mean, it seems like that's a theme too, because it's hard. The images that your undercurrent series are based on were taken years ago, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It started off with some ideas um, I liked drawing dancers and so I didn't want to, I would look through my dance magazines and stuff and would draw pictures and was like, I'm, I'm ripping off this photographer's work mm-hmm. by drawing from it. And they're not doing exactly what I want them to do. Like I want this dancer to be doing these other things. And so, um, I hired my friend Lily Dara in Little Rock. Um, this was, I think in 2013 or 14, um, and then had two dancers that were, uh, I don't remember how old they were, like 12 and 14 maybe, beautiful dancers. And they were so willing and just did, I don't know, just went along with it. They were amazing. And so I did this photo shoot, and we, Lily shot these beautiful photographs for me to draw and paint from and, you know, derive narratives from. And I, I art directed. So I was like, here's this narrative, here's this story. Mm -hmm. And I made mixes like music to go along with it. So that they knew what kind of 
gestures needed to happen. And then I kind of told them to do their own thing, um, to kind of put their own flavor to it. Um, and so that was really cool. So it has, and those narratives still hold true today, you know, whether they're, it's like melancholia or gut and instinct or, you know, finding love and joy. Um, that's kind of the avenues that I've been exploring and that's the sets of photography that I have. Um, and it's moving, it's part of it's moving in an abstract direction, which is, which is cool too. And I didn't think that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And to but who would have guessed it would take yeah, four several years, years ago, right? For you to get to the point. So where I'm like, now where is it going to be in is... four more years? It's going to be great. But I guess it just makes me think like, I think we all put too much pressure on ourselves that like, Oh, I just started this thing yeah. and I need to start seeing results or it needs to be resolved in some way soon. So I could feel like I've accomplished something right. and maybe, yeah, you know, maybe it's just our culture. We're all kind of, everyone wants everything now. It's like immediate gratification. And it's probably hard to think about like, Oh, I won't actually, I mean, when you did that photo shoot, if you had, someone had told you like four years from now, you'll actually start getting in your groove with this work that's based on these photos, what would you have said? Like, oh, okay. okay. (laughs) All right. But when you think and, you know, zoom out of your life, four years really isn't that long. Yeah. A lot happens in four years also. And you couldn't have made this work four years ago. No, I could. Because I, you haven't. I wasn't whole life in the happened, space. You know? Yeah, yeah. My whole life happened in those four Not years. Your whole life. <laughs> a lot I mean? happened. Yes. A lot happened. A lot did happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's very true. And that's something that I, I still remind myself of that so the, the things that happen super easy and quick sometimes aren't the most rewarding or you don't grow. Not always, of course, but you. I, I've grown a lot from the things that took a little bit longer for me to figure mm-hmm. out. Um, and I feel like they have more depth. I feel like this series with the figures has a lot more depth, a lot more depth than it did, you know, 10 years ago when I just started messing around with it. So, yeah, patience. It's hard, but it's good. Yeah. Hmm. So to wrap up, Emily, um, what inspires you most about your career and what are you looking forward to in the future? Um, I think taking things one day at a time. Uh, I used to be a little bit of a, like controlling about those things. And so now I find a lot of value and joy in being able to just take things a day at a time each day brings something new um yes you know there's some adulting to do and planning ahead of of certain things but in general you never know what's around the corner and um some beautiful things may be waiting for you so i like i like that idea and just moving forward and being positive and doing the work i think propels you in the right direction doing the work that you're passionate about yes and some other work sometimes but mostly what you're passionate about okay very good well thanks for being on the show thanks for having me yeah i'll step over back to my desk now
get back to work. You can go back to your desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, thanks for answering all my questions. Mm-hmm. All right. If you like what I'm creating and want to support my efforts, please consider becoming a patron by going to the support page at austinarttalk.com and clicking on the Patreon link. There you can read more about my goals and plans and hopefully choose a level of support that is comfortable for you, which could be as little as a dollar a month. It all adds up. I'm very grateful and appreciative of any support and will strive to put out the best content I can and add value to the lives of those who listen. Thank you for your time and take care.